0: Welcome to Season 4 of Paychecks Pulse, an HR podcast, where HR professionals can find great insights on today's top issues and be inspired to build and lead effective teams in a healthier workplace. Hi, everyone. Welcome again to the Paychecks Pulse podcast. Rob Parsons here. This is Part 3 of our three-episode series focusing on research Paychecks has conducted on business leader priorities for 2023. Joining me to discuss this research is Stu Richards, the CEO of Braden, who conducted the survey for us. Braden is a great partner of Paychecks, a B2B marketing consultancy that helps develop long-term relationships with small and medium-sized businesses through original market research and outreach programs. Stu, welcome once again.
1: <laughs> Rob, thanks for having me again.
0: So today we'll be bringing it home uh, with episode three here and you know we're going to talk about something that we've been talking about for some time now we're going to talk about attracting and retaining talent it's it's not a new topic is it
1: no it's really not and it's a ongoing challenge you know rob as we talked about in episode one we've been conducting this research for five years now and um it it is a Persistent challenge on the part of small business owners to get the staff that they need, whether it's bringing them in the door in the first place or uh, ensuring that they're fully engaged and uh, optimizing their productivity. So um, it has uh, really been a challenge, and um, the <laughs> the many ways that small businesses are coping with it are uh, really interesting to take a dive into.
0: As a as a marketer. Uh, we've always been taught it's much less expensive to keep a customer than to get a new one. Uh, and we know the same holds true for employees. The cost of finding, bringing a new employee on board, training them, getting them to be productive is is really, it's, it's, it's a real challenge, especially for a smaller business. It makes a lot more sense just to keep the people you have. So Tommy, how what did you find in your research? How are companies investing in their employees? What how are they approaching this this retention concept because we, we we've got to stop the bleeding somehow rather than just always trying to to refill uh that labor pool.
1: Yep. Now you're absolutely right, Rob, and this is definitely something that we wanted to uh, uh assess. Um, And it's interesting. The number one tactic that our respondents uh, are using as a way to boost retention is increasing pay. Um, And uh, that is, you know, a tried and true methodology. uh, And, you know, no employee is ever going to complain about bringing home more money. Um, But that's not the only thing uh, that business owners are doing, uh, one of the other tactics that kind of bubbled up to the top was encouraging a healthy work-life balance. So not just paying someone to work 100 hours a week, but, you know, paying them uh, well and making sure that, you know, at the end of the day, they log off and, you know, or on their weekends, they don't <laughs> they aren't expected to uh, be working through their to-do list, uh, but actually uh, can really balance, uh, you know, their work priorities with whatever they want to take care of at home. Um, And that's, I think, really positive and really healthy. And of course is, you know, going to play back on the part of employers with higher productivity, higher satisfaction, more engagement uh, on the part of employees. Um, They're also improving benefits across the board. So it's not just um, the uh, you know, the increasing, you know, for example, the kinds of coverage that you get in your health insurance or dental or vision, but increasing the number of benefits that they offer as well. And we see some real creativity around, you know, things like, for example, for, uh, younger employees offering, you know, tuition assistance or even, uh, you know, student debt, uh, repayment kinds of benefits, you know, all kinds of things. Um, and, for you know especially smaller businesses that might be strapped in terms of providing benefits there are a lot of creative things that companies can do to boost retention which might be as simple as you know offering uh work at home or you know some sort of hybrid schedule that provides more flexibility Uh, and then rewarding and recognizing teamwork um so you know really uh not just focusing on top performers but focusing on how uh, folks within an organization are really cooperating uh, and working collaboratively to get things done um, and again that can be that doesn't have to be an expensive you know trip to Hawaii for the top sales team but uh, it can be something as simple as you know bringing in some pizza and you know having a recognition event. For, you know, again, a team that's uh, really done well on a particular task. And then finally, uh, as I mentioned, offering flexible remote and hybrid work options. And clearly, you know, there's some mixed feelings among different kinds of companies about, um, you know, whether employees should be allowed to work, you know, uh, from home or remotely at all, or, you know, part of the time or all the time. Um, But you know, for many, many, many employees who have either, you know, family obligations, whether it's children or, you know, older parents that they need to take care of or other kinds of responsibilities, um, providing some level of flexibility is a huge benefit. And again, doesn't have to cost an organization a lot. Um, so it can be very appealing uh, for small businesses in particular. Uh, but again, you know, across the board, Rob, we're seeing a lot of different kinds of strategies that companies can really tailor to what works best for them. Uh, but you know, we think it's a, it's really healthy that, uh, employers, as you mentioned, are focused on keeping the great talent that they do have, um, and rewarding them with benefits that really mean the most, to individual employees.
0: Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly there, Stu. And it's, it's interesting though. It's not just about keeping them. Um, yep. it's about keeping them engaged. We've heard a lot about quiet quitting, employee engagement, um, what did your research reveal around those areas? Because I, I, I can do some things to make, okay, Stu's going to stay, but how do I keep Stu plugged in and contributing and productive?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great question, Rob, because, yeah, it's one thing to have someone at their desk (laughs) and another thing to have them, uh, you know, really satisfied and productive and, you know, firing on all cylinders. So um, there are a whole host of tactics uh, that we asked about in our research. And we, in this case, broke the responses out by company size, because it's interesting to see how different organizations, you know, different headcounts are doing different things to boost employment. But across the board, you know, the most common tactic that companies are taking uh, to boost engagement is simple. It's regularly communicating goals and progress to all employees. Um, That's the number one tactic that Almost all businesses are using, uh, certainly companies with under 50 employees and those with 100 to 249. Um, The companies with 50 to 99 employees and 250 to 500, well, the number one thing they're doing and the second thing overall is offering training. To help employees develop new skills, which is fantastic, um, because you know it's not always going to be easy to hire the new you know AI expert to develop your new AI application. But um, you know if you've got a great team and you can bring their skill level up. Um, that's going to boost employee satisfaction, and it's going to boost their productivity. Um, so that's a great tactic. Number three, overall, um, in you know again, it varies a little bit by company size. You know, it's between two and three, depending on the size of the company. But empowering employees to suggest. New work methods or projects, so not just operating a you know a hierarchical top-down kind of an organization, but really looking to frontline employees um, to suggest things. Whether it's based on you know what they're learning from you know their customer or prospect interactions, or uh, what they might have learned from their peers. Um, the smallest businesses in our sample that's the second most popular for them. The five to nine employee businesses, and again, the companies with 100 to 249 employees. Um, that's what their next most most likely to do after you know regularly communicating goals and progress um the fourth overall rob providing employees with the most current technology um and that you know is great you know it's very easy to assume that you know someone's old laptop is just going to continue to keep chugging away for you know four or five or six or seven or years or more uh but um you know, making sure that they've got uh, new technology that can handle the tasks that they're doing. It's, they've got new applications that are going to optimize their productivity. Uh, and, of course, they've got the skill sets to really take advantage of those, uh, most of all. Um, Really important. And then after that, surveying employees about their job satisfaction. So this one was interesting. It varied quite a bit by company size. So, for example, um, companies with 50 to 99 employees, that's the second most likely thing they're going to do. 44% of them said they do it, whereas only 19%. Of companies with 10 to 19 employees are doing employee surveys. That kind of makes sense. You know, in a very small business, it's pretty easy to, you know, talk to employees individually and not feel like you're doing a formal survey. Um, But for bigger businesses, you know, to do a formal survey and ask about, um, you know, what's your frame of mind and what would help you be more productive and what kind of things should we as an organization be doing can be very powerful uh, as a way to bring great ideas To the top, and then finally, Rob. You know, in terms of you know, kind of top five or six, providing cross training as a way to boost skill building. So you know, making sure that within a given team, um, employees can really backfill for one another, um, and. Uh, you know, and that's great because it not only provides for, you know, greater skill building and greater employee satisfaction, but also, you know, if, if someone's out uh, for whatever reason, then the team can pick up on their work and uh, you're less likely to fall behind on a project when, you know, the team all has the same skills and can, you know, pick up each other's slack when they need to. It's,
0: it's There's a couple points that I thought were really interesting, Stu. One, of course, is... You know, a lot of times we talk about pay and benefits and everything that, that's that's good for me as a, as a person, as an employee. But this idea yeah. of technology and training and giving me the support and tools I need to just do a better job and not feel like the company is working against me. I thought that was a great point uh, in terms of engagement. Just thinking about those things you can do to help make it easier for employees to contribute and do their job and be productive. They're going to appreciate that. And, yeah. and and I also like that point about surveying this idea that if you don't ask, you're not going to know what they care about and what they want. You can't just assume because oftentimes a business leader is coming at a problem from a very different perspective than an employee.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, Rob. And it's interesting. You know, you're not only getting the benefit, of, you know, the the employees perspective and, you know, oftentimes they're going to have great ideas for things that will work better, you know, new things that should be tried. But, you know, by asking their opinions and acting on their suggestions, um, you're getting a team that's feeling much more empowered. They're feeling listened to uh, it becomes a very positive feedback cycle where you're soliciting great ideas and you're acting on great ideas and you're empowering your team uh, to feel uh, much more like valued contributors to an organization. And it's a great way to boost uh, team morale and productivity and as a result, engagement and retention. Love it.
0: So we've got a few minutes left here, Stu. I'd I'd love to take a step back one last time and take a big picture look. Um, Sure. What was your biggest takeaway from this research? Were there any surprises or any areas you'd want our listeners to pay a, a special attention to based on on these findings?
1: Yeah, Rob, I think um there's a couple, you know, real surprises. One is the ongoing, you know, resilience and optimism of small business owners in the face of some, you know, pretty severe pressures and uncertainties in running a business. And we're always impressed uh, at how um, positive the outlook of small business owners is uh, in the face of so many uh, pressing concerns, you know, some of which are simply beyond their control and they just need to react to others of which they, you know, they can manage, uh, but, you know, often have many conflicting priorities. And another, you know, I think really striking uh, takeaway, of course, was the amount of time and money. Uh, that it costs business owners, again, regardless of company size, um, simply around HR administration. And, you know, we kind of wonder, you know, when we're doing this research when we ask someone to put down in black and white in a survey and they enter a number like $233,000, like, does that shock them into taking action? Uh, And it's a really good, uh, I think, uh, process for business owners to go to is to say, wait. What am I spending on HR administration and what can I do that is going to make my team more efficient to perhaps reduce those costs, to perhaps boost employee satisfaction and retention and improve productivity and help me achieve my goals? And, you know, I think a a big potential answer to that is to really think about. How can we be more efficient in our HR administration of processes overall? Again, from beginning to end of the cycle, from, uh, you know, writing a job definition and, you know, setting salary to starting the recruiting process and scoring applicants all the way through to, you um, you know, retention and skill building and, you know, serving uh, employees for their best ideas. Um, And as a result, you know, I think one of the big takeaways is to ask yourself as a business owner, what can I be doing with technology to improve those processes? You know, are we still doing payroll manually? Well, a surprising number of companies are. Uh, Or, you know, do we have a whole bunch of different vendors helping us with uh, different aspects of HR and would be better off thinking about consolidating those into one uh, vendor that can help us across the board and there's no issue with, you know, for example, creating errors by rekeying data. Um, you know, is there someone who can help offload the burden of uh, regulatory compliance for us, which, you know, is a lot to cope with for any size organization. So um, it, it's a lot of takeaways, Rob. I think there were a lot of, uh, you know, interesting, some very consistent concerns around, you know, for example, um, uh, recruiting and retention or, you know, winning and keeping new customers. But, you know, I think the big takeaways are really um, to think about what are the costs of HR administration um, and what can you do as an organization to handle it perhaps more effectively, especially through the use of technology. Um, And what are the many benefits of doing so in terms of, you know, not just your HR team's productivity, your own productivity, but um, your ability to recruit and to retain and to you know, really optimize the productivity of your employees. Love it. Stu, thanks for joining me for this series. Yeah, Rob, thanks so much for having me. It's a great conversation and a great topic.
0: It really is. I, I love the research that Braden does for us uh, and the insights you help us bring to businesses that maybe wouldn't have been able to get these these findings on their own. So thank you once again. Yeah.
1: All right. Thank you, Rob.
0: For those who are interested, you can find a link to the 2023 business priorities uh, in our show notes. We'll have a link right in there. So you can click on that and download the free report. Uh, Finally, thank you once again to our listeners for joining. As always, please stay happy and healthy. Be sure to subscribe to this and our Paychecks Thrive business podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Looking for more ways to keep your finger on the pulse of industry dynamics? Visit our Resource Center for the latest research, thought leadership, and news at paychecks.com slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, please stay happy and healthy.
1: This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023. All rights reserved.